Good morning, happy Monday, and if you haven't been living under a rock, you would know that mysterious monoliths have been found all over America recently, as if dropped out of the sky by aliens, or perhaps simply creative entrepreneurs. Vice.com has this headline, Mysterious Monolith Update. Racists destroy California monolith, proclaim Christ superior to space aliens. I didn't know we were having a Jesus versus aliens kind of like whatever going on here, but I am glad we are settling it. So this, at least these racists are helping end this apparent conflict I didn't know about. A group of men shouting, Christ is king in America first destroyed a new monolith and replaced it with a wooden cross. The new California monolith, monolith was torn down overnight by a group of right-wing young men who live-streamed their vandalism in a grainy video posted to the blockchain, blockchain streaming site DLive. Now, uh, we have this other headline as well related from PennLive.com. Another mysterious monolith appeared in Pittsburgh. Uh, yet another mysterious monolith has randomly appeared in another corner of the world this time in Pittsburgh, seen in Pittsburgh reports, this new seemingly metal structure was found outside of Grandpa Joe's candy shop in the city's strip district. Who or what erected the structure remains unknown. The first strange monolith appeared in a remote desert area of Utah, discovered by Federal Wildlife Services, discovered by Federal Wildlife Services, who are out literally counting sheep. Yes, the crew spotted the gleaming object from a helicopter landing to investigate further. Now, uh, I, am, I am here to reveal to you that there is a, there, I, I have the answer to this whole conspiracy, uh, this, this whole mystery of these monoliths, what's going on behind them. It's, actually, it's me. It's me. I'm sorry. I, I'm the one. Now, I, I am, I'm ready to go public with this now and announce uh, that, that we are ready to take our business to the next level. Adam's Monoliths. Your hooks in a box. That's right. You can send me an order. Adam at thefreedomline.com. You can get your own custom-made monolith. And with this monolith, you will be able to uh, attract people to whatever, attention to whatever people are so uh, distractible these days, so gullible. So just looking for meaning in anything. It's it's really uh, an incredible opportunity that you can't get pass up to have your own monolith, your own your own hoax in a box, ready to go right here from Adam's monolith. Now you might be thinking, hey, mate, you know what? I can't afford a monolith, Adam. Like this, it's a it's a you know it's a metal structure. It's you know yeah. Well, you know we have metal monoliths in all sizes for any budget, and you would be crazy to pass up this opportunity. The question isn't can you afford one of Adam's monoliths as your hoax in a box, but can you really afford to not have a monolith these days when everybody else is using them so effectively for PR purposes? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. So really, this is this is just so exciting to see that, that thanks to coronaphobia, thanks to the coronavirus getting out, thanks to how much Americans have been dumbed down and made gullible, uh, you know, we, we actually provide a mainstream media placement of your story as well. If you buy one of Adam's monoliths, hoax in a box, we'll put out press releases for you, we'll bribe, uh, threaten, whatever whatever it takes, although it's so easy these days to get the mainstream media to, uh, you know, cover uh, important issues like this when there's nothing else important going on in the world, nothing we should be talking about more than, than uh, you know, steel 
uh, art installations. Well, they're not. I'm, I'm sorry, they're not art installations. We don't know what they are. I mean, they could be coming from. I, I'm making them here in my shop, but they could be coming from aliens. We're all stardust, after all. Who knows? We couldn't go too far with talking about this subject right now. So if you want to get your hopes in a box, just give me a give me an email, Adam at thefreedomline.com. Now, if if you if you really can't afford it, like I said, we have we have monoliths for all budgets, for all hoaxes, for all rackets, all distractions that you might want to create from reality, whether it's for yourself, for your community, or for the world. If you want to attract gullible people to your location, to your business, this is a great way to do it. Highly recommended. But if you can't afford it, we have another option. And and I, I know this sounds crazy. Maybe we should call it Adam's Crazy Monoliths. Adam's uh, Crazy Monoliths sale. Yeah, half off all models, but actually we have a special deal and I know you know this is this is it's not it's not as exciting as getting a physical monolith, but it can actually have most of the impact regardless. People are so gullible these days that we have now decided we are going to start offering our hoax by Photoshop. That's right. We'll just take you give us a picture. Of, of wherever you want your monolith delivered, and even if you can't afford it, we will deliver it by Photoshop directly to your location, guaranteed to draw gullible people to whatever you want to draw their attention to. And today is Monday, December 7th. Welcome to Adam versus the Man. Ah, oh, geez, they didn't want me to cover the monolith stories. I said I was going to have to do it anyway. We're going to find a way. We're going to find a way. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It, you made it. You made it to another Monday, another Mental Health Monday here for Adam versus the Man. We got a big COVID block. We got a political block. We got some catching up to do. I don't know if we have a contest. Let's get Comment Jim Freedom up on stage here. See how he's doing. Coming to us from uh, from from Phoenix this morning. You got it. What's going on, brother? Who? Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about this next story. I don't know. This is. Uh, Debunking the false claim that COVID death counts are inflated. Did you see this one? Scientific no, American. And I mean, I'm sneak preview. We'll, we're going to come back to this, but it's all uh, basically missing the point. Like, why? why like, is I, Jim, do you believe that COVID death counts are inflated? No. Okay, no, 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 no. We're being serious, being serious for a second here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are inflated. They're not – yeah, obviously what they're telling us is inflated in a wrong way. I I was thinking, are they – is it really inflating in reality? Oh, oh, you know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so, so if you believe that the death counts are overreported, Why? Uh, well, I mean, well, let's start with the doctors being financially incentivized to list COVID deaths. That in itself right. could be could be the only argument you even need to make. That would skew the numbers ridiculously. Right. You know, you're paying doctors tens of thousands of dollars to list COVID as a death. Oh, well, anybody that dies of anything, they happen to have COVID. You say it was a COVID death, you get paid. So right. You're going to end up with false numbers, you know. What else? What else would like? What would lead you to that conclusion that COVID deaths are being overreported? 
Uh, oh, geez. Off the top of my head, I didn't know I was going to be tested today. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. This isn't, a, this isn't a test. This is like I want – this is us teasing our first story ahead of the promotions for this, this episode because we have, we have a big COVID block. But this is one story that uh, I, I really want to get into uh, deconstructing. And it is it is a really big one uh, about COVID death counts because it, it's it's really important for the perspective on like what kind of threat this represents. And this this is this is scientific American. This is like you know popular mechanics trying to debunk uh, you know nine eleven saying that oh yeah it was all the government story exactly you know whatever you know pancake theory yeah okay. Um, I think this is really worth deconstructing carefully. And, and I want to actually, I don't know, if, while we're doing these promos, before I get to the story, if anybody wants to chime in with the live comments on, like, why do you think, this isn't our contest today, because this is only going to go for, like, five minutes, but why do you think COVID death counts are overreported? Because we're going to incorporate your comments into this story and and show how they are addressed or not. Yeah. But uh, what what do we do? You have anything for a contest today, Jim? Uh, no, not that I can think of. I mean, that almost kind of sounds like a good one. What you just said, whoever can come up with the best, uh, the best piece of evidence to show uh, why the numbers would be inflated, or how the numbers are inflated. Well, so there there are a number of reasons, right? There are a number of things that we can look at. You know, sort of like you said, the incentives, right? You know, if someone says, "No, all these numbers are realistic," you would say, "Well, can you can you prove that it's not being overreported with this phenomenon?" Can you, and, you know, you're not trying to prove negatives; you're trying to just say show that something is not a factor in distorting the number that you're presenting. And part of it is that a lot of people we saw who were, you know, we said this very early on, a lot of people who were dying with COVID were being reported as having died from COVID. And then we got, you know, the the 6% number from the CDC. That's covered in the story. We got, like, the criteria for what counts as a COVID diagnosis. We got false positives. You know, like, if they say this many people died of COVID um, and and they all took one test to, to test positive, um, you know, well, how what what is your false positive rate for that test? So, like, you know, you would have to say, is that not – how do you account for that in presenting this number? Um, there, and, I mean, the, the individual reports, like the guy who got shot in the head in, in Washington and then was reported as a COVID death, you're like, mm, no, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Can we have a contest with the monoliths? First person to order a monolith from uh, Adam's Crazy Monolith Business wins uh, wins membership in the producer. Free membership. Free. I should have put this in a segment. Free membership in the producers club included purchase. with with your purchase of uh, of one of Adam's Crazy Monoliths. <laughs> Jim, we That's can make these one. here in the shop, right? We have we have all the tools. We have everything we need to make. Monoliths. We can come up with something, yeah. We can come up with something. Like, why can't we make these, uh, you know, these, these uh, 
geodesic balls as our like why can't we convince people that those might be placed by aliens? Alien. <laughs> yeah. We've been making monoliths instead of geodesics this whole time. <laughs> I know. Who'd have thunk it, man? We could have we could have snuck those things everywhere. Had a real All right, here's Jim, here's the story, because that was kind of a fun, spontaneous one this morning where I was just like, all right, you know what? I need to get into the monolith business. <laughs> uh, but uh, wh- what does that say? What Like, the fact that the monoliths are the distraction story du jour, like, that's – there are – I feel like – well, first of all, there have been other waves of monolith stories in the past, haven't there? there wasn't there another monolith that was, like – few years ago it's like crop circles remember crop circles were like a big deal for a while <laughs> like yeah. like in the news like oh there's a new crop circle oh a new one here you know and it's i don't know things like there there are little waves little patterns little trends in what people's attention is distracted by right with little things like this they they fixate on or that the media does that it becomes uh, a regular occurrence in the news. So it's not like all of a sudden this is out of the blue, well, like it dropped out of the sky or something. But uh, what, you know, what do you think is, why why now? Like why, it's it's the end of 2020. Let's talk about monoliths. Like let's talk about random metal art installation structures that are, are being placed, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a weird way. Like that's, why, why? That, that really should be our producers club contest for the day. If you can answer that question, like best best answer. Why are we talking about fucking monoliths right now? Like, why is that a thing? That's the uh, that's the producer club contest today. If you can answer that, just in a comment, comment to freedom. We'll be watching comments throughout the show. You can win membership in the Anniversary of the Man Producers Club, which you can also buy your way into if you go to anniversaryoftheman.com and find the Patreon link to Patreon.com/slash Anniversary of the Man. Ten dollars a month. Gets you in to the producers club. You get a chat with us behind the scenes. Talk about uh, all the news stories we're going to cover on the show. Excuse me. Uh, and you get 15% off and free shipping on your merchandise. Another great way to support the production at AdamVersusTheMan.com. And let's see if I can click out of here and click back in before losing my audio because... My visual keeps freezing, and I keep going sideways for a second. They're all right. Uh, but then two other things we got to mention every show, right? Go to CigarFederation.com. We're promo code ADAM10, A-D-A-M-1-0, all caps. Gets you 10% off your order. It's uh, a great veteran-owned business to support. And then uh, MakeThemDebate.com. Let's make a debate happen. Help out our debate manager, Mercedes. Now, I, I froze again. This is the weird thing just with Chrome and StreamYard. Where it's just it's just it's just the visual freeze and then it comes back. Like I just gotta refresh it. But I hope you guys aren't losing my audio flipping out for a second or two on all of this. Is it is it consistent? Yeah. Yeah. yeah audio's awesome. good. Video's fine we just, you just go sideways every few seconds. <laughs> Alright. Well hey if that's if that's the worst of it, I now I know I can refresh my video feed without fucking things up too bad. All right, so Jim, any comments on on that so far? Any comments? Uh, CJ said you messed up the the promos, and he's right. We were both set to to advertise the store and the free shipping and buy our stuff that we've come up with. And CJ has put so much hard work into, and you jump straight to Cigar Federation. So we just wanted to make sure that people didn't forget. <laughs> 
about our store and producers club members, better patrons, fifteen percent off and free shipping. Yeah, sorry, no, I was just distracted because my visual kept like refreezing. It was, it was a little weird. Yeah, that's technical difficulties upon technical difficulties. We need to smoke to get through today's show. Oh, but yeah, we have a big one here with uh, or any any other <coughs> excuse me any other comments about you know why would you why would you why would you doubt the official numbers why what reason would you have to doubt and I, I'm really I want I, I just I want to take a second to check in with the audience on this one before I jump into this first big story in our COVID block because I I want you to consider all of these arguments. Um, or all of these reasons for the you know the 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 case that the uh, the death count might be inflated uh, as as we look at you know scientific American I don't want to say the establishment they're not the establishment they're not the they're not they're not entirely representative but what scientific American as a representative of the establishment has to say to back up this point and this is from uh, this is actually going back a ways this is not a new story it's from October. Uh, when it, when the number was 218,000. This story is actually about a month and a half old, but I think this is still like real. This is still like the top headline for today because I want to put these numbers in perspective. So we're going to do this one. I guess it doesn't have to be that long, but then we're going to uh, then we're going to jump into our COVID block today. So anything else on that, Jim? Any other comments before we jump into it? Uh, well, there's a couple here. Craig Darty is pointing out, and I'd like to differentiate. Uh, he says to, to scare the public to become more compliant, he's ineligible, so he's trying to say. But I, I wanted to point out that that's, like, why they're doing it. I think we're looking for, like, the best piece of why evidence would doubt? that proves it. Yeah, no, because l- l- let me put it this way. Like, because if someone comes to me and says, Adam, I've heard that you doubt that the official death count of COVID is accurate. That you 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 suspect that this two hundred eighteen thousand numbers is is inflated. Uh, and I, I would say yes. And 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 um, to what extent can we prove it? Uh, we don't know, and that's part of what's disturbing. But I have all of these various reasons to believe that this number is inflated. Can you uh, prove that my, you know, that none of these reasons are relevant? Because I have, because I, I know that they are creating some inflation, right? To what, like, I can say, well, I saw this one case and I saw this one case. Well, you're 218,000 numbers off by two. And I, I don't really say anything, right? But can you tell me, you know, has, has there been a review of death certificates to show that, you know, that, that it's not being inflated in this way that we've seen happen, that hasn't been, you know, appropriately addressed? Or uh, can we show that people are dying from versus of? And this gets to the point of part that, you know, 6%, 94% CDC number. Um, can, can you tell me how many are false reports? Uh, we know that any time you have a massive government program that incentivizes something, there's going to be some fraud in it. How much of these deaths are actual fraud by doctors as a response to financial incentives. You know, how many of these that, that are entirely on, like when you're presenting this number, did you just question your own science knowing that the test mechanism that you use has a certain false positive rate? Did you factor that out of this number? <clears throat> and if not, then, yeah, your number really is an inclusive overestimate at best. And how much it comes down from that, we don't know. 
But let's take a look at this story and weigh these factors against it and see if we can come to some reasonable estimation of how many of these 218,000 reported deaths are actual COVID deaths. And I, in this sense, I, I think I'm kind of a moderate. I, I mean, I'm not here. I'm not here as the you know bootlicking, uh, obedient personality to say, well, whatever the government says must be accurate. And if it's 218,000, if it's not 218,001, it's 218,000 because government is that good, you know. And I'm not. I'm not here on the other side. There's, there's a far end of the spectrum that says it's zero, right? And it's all a hoax. Like literally, the whole virus is a hoax. And and like I'm not. That that seems kind of absurd. I mean, I guess. Like anything's possible, right? I'm 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 open to be proven wrong, but from what we know and and generally accept as irrefutable facts at this point, the virus is real. There are people. It it is somewhat on the scale of of uh, you know funky off season flu. Uh, it could be a scale better than uh, less harmful than that. It could be a scale more harmful than that. But but not not a huge amount in either way. It's not like the the bubonic plague is here and people are pretending it's not real. Uh, but people are pretending that something that is a you know, relatively minor event is either huge and justifies violating individual rights, which no health threat ever does, or that it's a total hoax. And I think that leaves you know reasonable people like us to uh, you know try to guess at what the middle ground is, where where it lies in the spectrum of possibilities. So. Jim, I don't know if you want to hang with me. We go straight into the story here. But any comments relative to that or any thoughts of yours before I get into the uh, Scientific American article directly? Uh, no, I just wanted to point out uh, Wayne Wayne Coper. I'll try. Eighty <laughs> percent of all medical records are falsified by doctors, nurses, and administrative staff. So, I mean – that, okay, is that, is that, is how, that just, is that, yeah, hold on, right, now, is. yeah, hold on, can we get it, before we finish this segment, can we get a citation on that? No, it is, it's true, and I don't want to put a number on it, but from just what I know of the medical industry in America, there's just, a, there are huge patterns of, of falsification of records and data, uh, you know, partly because of financial incentives, partly just sloppiness. Uh, you know, the, the things are just wrong and, and they tend to get, it's sort of like, you know, oh, whoops, I thought I did that. You know, like, yeah, you, you tend to make mistakes in your own favor. And right now the, there's a huge set of favors that go along with COVID-19 uh, over uh, alarmism, right? So uh, Shall we shall we jump into the article and and Jim you yeah, want to stop yeah, dive in. the comments if we can, if, and, and if anybody wants to get you know sort of uh, facts like that on screen citations make it more likely and more helpful but uh, thank you for that that eighty percent number at least throwing that out there so scientificamerican.com debunking the false claim that COVID death counts are inflated President Trump a congressman and conspiracy fantasists. They've repeated the myth, but three kinds of evidence point to more than 218,000 deaths. It sounds very scientific, right? They have not one, not two, but three kinds of evidence. Again, it's, it's sort of like an appeal to authority of things that sound scientific rather than an appeal to reason and evidence. It's, it's meant to sound like a, an, an appeal to evidence. But again, a, a lot of the ways that you know, we, we look at the science, 
Uh, it, 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 we're not questioning the science. We're, we're simply questioning the questions. And it's, uh, you have to – science is a methodology and a process. And if you, if you ask the wrong questions, you can get whatever outcome you want. Like, do masks help stop the spread of the virus? Well, if you, if you say, in a lab, when I'm standing this close to another person, if I have the virus – and, and they don't, and I wear a mask, are they less likely to get it? Well, yeah, duh. Uh, why surgeons wear them in, in, in limited environments, why it makes sense there, right, is different from the question you could be asking is, if we impose a mandate like this, is it going to reduce transmissions of this virus? And actually, we have studies that would indicate, no, <laughs> it's, it's going to make things worse. And so th- that's why I say, like, you know, these policies are, anti-scientific or unscientific and it's not that they're not citing science or pretending to use science but they're asking the wrong questions because they want to get the wrong answers and the wrong answers just so happen to make them and their buddies rich oh what do you know uh but here to get into this a persistent falsehood has been circulating on social media the number of covid deaths is much lower than the official statistic of more than 218,000. therefore the danger of the disease has been overblown in August, President Trump retweeted a post claiming that only 6% of these reported deaths were actually from COVID-19. The tweet originated from a follower of the debunked conspiracy fantasy QAnon. Twitter removed the post for containing false information, but fabrications such as these continue to spread. Now, this gets to the, the, the CDC number. When they released the data, it said it was only 6% uh, of the reported COVID deaths were from COVID only. And that's an important distinction, right? You go, oh, well, if it's COVID only, then, then it means your odds of dying if you're healthy from COVID are really only, you know, 6% of, of what they might be saying the overall threat is. But it, then they, you know, some people took, like, if you're, if you're one of the people on the spectrum of, you know, to closer to the COVID denial position, you could, a lot of people I saw, like, ran with that number and went, Oh, well, look, uh, the, the, it's only 6%. And it's, it's 6% of those reported deaths were actually from COVID-19. And the thing is, I, I think the way this is put out altogether is, is intentional to create confusion. And if you, if you just hear different headlines and you don't stop and think for yourself or analyze it or, or, or hear a proper breakdown of the language that they're using here, it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed and go back and forth, but just, Here's where, where this, this number really matters, right? Because you could say, oh, it's only 6% that died from just COVID. Okay. Of the, and then they threw out the people who wanted to, to be on the denial side of the virus. We started looking at, oh, well, look, of the other 94%, they had an average of 2.6%, whatever, actually, you know, or 2.6 comorbidities as in they had other things contributing to their death, other major health conditions. Which still doesn't draw the line of did they die primarily from COVID or not. Right? Because if someone, and and, and this is, again, kind of a reporting thing, that's like, yes, the, the virus is real. It's a real stressor to the immune system, to the human body. Probably less than a, a bad seasonal flu, we don't know because we can't really collate the statistics in an honest, accurate way when government is responsible so, so, for so much of it. And that's one of the things that really bothers me about looking at how we're handling this and going like, 
yeah, we could really do better. So of that other 94%, if, if, if the, some of those might have been like on death's door and about to die from lung cancer and diabetes and, and heart failure and Alzheimer's and who knows what else, then they got COVID, then they died. If there was even a noticeable, like, decline in their health associated with getting COVID or they died, you know, a week early because of that stress, they had the last little thing that pushed them over the edge because here came this new virus into the great global human family petri dish. Do you, do you, how much do you count that as a COVID then? How much does that make it more of a threat? Can you really say that that person died of COVID when it was, it was only a minor contributing factor to their death? Versus someone who's like, you know, in that, there's that 6%, there's people like just outside that 6% that you can say, oh, well, yeah, they, they were pretty healthy. They had, they had, uh, hypertension and, and, uh, they had, they had pre-diabetes, uh, and then they got COVID and then they died. Well, then do you blame that? I mean, if, if COVID's now, well, like 70% responsible, okay, count that. And, and so that gets to that spectrum. Where do we draw the line in that 94% and saying this is really a, a, a death caused by COVID versus not? And, and that's the nuance that I, I think is being deliberately missed so as to create messages that are significantly divergent and de- a, a situation that is deliberately confusing because confusion breeds fear. And uh, fear makes you prone to manipulation, the kind that, that governments love. So, of all the conspiracy of conspiracies here, you know, there, there's certainly a lot of different parties and groups that have an interest in that fear. I don't know if we're ever going to get through the story, but anyway. Um, <laughs> U.S. Representative Roger Marshall of Kansas complained in September that Facebook had removed a post in which he claimed that 94% of COVID-19 deaths reported by the CDC were the result of two to three additional serious illnesses and were of advanced age. All right, so let, let, let's see how they actually address this. Now some facts. Researchers know beyond a doubt that the number of COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. have surpassed 200,000. That's, that's just another appeal to authority. That's like, uh, these numbers are supported by three lines of evidence, including that. So they, they, one of the, I, I don't think in the story they ever actually come back to making the point that I did about there, that there's a nuance and you have to go, how much of that 94% is attributable uh, really primarily to COVID? Uh, but here we go. Death certificates. The inaccuracy is only 6% were caused by the coronavirus is a gross misinterpretation of how death certificates work, says Robert Anderson, lead mortality statistician. At the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics, the scope of the coronavirus' daily toll is clear. Even if final numbers will not be known until the pandemic is over. Quote, we're pretty confident about the scale and order of magnitude of deaths, but we're not clear on the exact number yet. Says Justin Lesler, infectious disease, a PD, immunologist, blah, 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 blah. Uh, healthcare providers are required to report cases and deaths from certain diseases, including measles, mumps, and now COVID-19 to their state's health department, which in turn passes this information along to the CDC, Anderson says the surveillance. Data are kind of quick and dirty accounting, this is Shauna Webster, Executive Director of the National Association for Public Health Statistics and Information Systems. The states gather all the information they can on these diseases, but this is the first pass of the accounting. No one has time to double-check the information 
or look for missing lab tests for that. You have to look for the next source of information, vital records. Uh, now, here's one of the important things that I've, I've, uh, I've pointed out. They do recognize here that in order to, to really account for the, the true death rate due to COVID, you're going to have to go over what is, what is the trend line, what is the baseline of deaths in the United States. And it's like 7,500 per year. And you go, or, or, or I'm sorry, per day. You go, yeah, that's that's the date. You have a population of 330 million. That's the turnover. We're growing because the, the, the birth rate something like, uh, what, 12, 13,000. But that's that's your baseline. You see death kind of go, what are, what are the excess deaths? But then you also have to subtract all the excess deaths. I mean, that because that doesn't, that total count of excess deaths would, assuming you're, you know, there are no other, overwhelming factors that would push these numbers one way or another. These, those would be the numbers from the whole corona crisis. So that would include suicide, economic desperation, starvation, other other people dying of other diseases more. And you'd have to, so th- that doesn't even really answer the question unless you could properly control for all other events and take that out. But they do have this, you know, all of these stories are accompanied by fancy graphics. And, you know, in, in all of this process, and in, in, in the story talking about the death certificates and the vital record systems, they don't talk about at all. They never address error rates. And, I mean, again, just you got to admit, even if you're taking the, the line close to the authoritarian line that, like, yeah, government is mostly right about this. You, you, you just have to take an, be honest and go, like, well, yeah, I guess before we, before we take any action based on this number, let's at least examine the phenomena of medical errors just in reporting and just how does this apply? And, and they're just going, oh, no, no, we have this whole process. And Never examine in this, well, you know, where is there, uh, all they talk about is that the things are underreported, not, uh, you know, could this have been a mistake? Could this have been uh, a false positive test itself? And some of the reports that we have seen, and this, I, again, we don't know, like, of all the tests, in or, but in order to back up a number, you would have to say, we actually had a higher number, and we accounted for that, and we took that out. You know, we, we, we noticed that, you know, 25% of tests in America were this one that had a 10% false positive, and, and 25% had 15, and, you know, the other 50% of tests used in America had an 18.3% false positive, and we factored all that in, and we, we, we averaged it out, and we subtracted, and we got the number. They, they're not doing that, though. That, that would, that just, if, if they were looking for an honest number, they would have to do all of these things to, to account for uh, every possible distortion of this. So, um, it, one of the quotes here says, uh, addresses this issue of, of counting a COVID death. Quote, when we ask if COVID killed somebody, it means, did they die sooner than they would have if they didn't have the virus? Even such a person with a potentially life-shortening pre-existing condition, such as heart disease or diabetes, may have lived another 5, 10, or many more years had they not become infected with COVID-19. Now, this sets a, just a very dangerous subjective standard. Do they die sooner than they would have if they didn't have the virus? Well, what, you know, what if for me, like, it's, you know, I, I accept that a lot of stuff that I do, you know, might, 
might save a few days off the uh, my, my lifespan if we don't come to some new technological you know paradigm of medical uh, advancement that makes whatever you know all my my accumulation of injuries and you know poisons and and everything else and and and, and you know rough usage of my body like it makes it irrelevant but i like i accept that i accept that uh you know possibly having a disease is going to or an injury is is going to shorten your lifespan a little bit like so if i die a week sooner cuz i got corona and was asymptomatic is that are you going to figure out a way to count me as a corona death Anyway, the 6% number touted by Trump and QAnon comes from a weekly CDC report stating that in 6% of the coronavirus mortality cases that counted, COVID-19 was the only condition listed on the death certificate. That observation likely means that those death certificates were incomplete because the certifiers only gave the underlying cause of death and not the full causal sequence that led to it. Now, one of the other things, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't have time to – to read this entire story on the air, but I've, I've read this. And I'll tell you one of the things that they don't address in terms of you know, what we want to look at here is uh, what are uh, the, how many how many people were counted as having died uh, with the virus, and then later were uh, said to have died from the virus. And this is a, this is what we call this out from the beginning as one of the tricks of over-accounting by simply switching that word or the implication or the reporting mechanism. And in in a lot of cases that we saw, and again, do I know how many? No, but if you don't account for this in supporting this number, I'm going to question your integrity. Um, And and it was that we saw people who died getting tested after they died. And they were they, there were different reporting requirements, and there were a lot of incentives. And in some places, uh, doctors had some. I, they, they were they were asked to test dead bodies and report this. And I, I'm sorry to get the details wrong, but we know that we had doctors reporting uh, corona from post mortem tests, where it was at best uh, you know a minor contributing factor. And I, I know just how. I, I don't want to say, like, I'm the one now doing the, uh, you know, intellectually disingenuous thing, citing an individual case and making an implication. But I cite this individual case and go, well, we know this is real. I'm not making this up. Did you account for this? And I'm talking of the case that we, we love to make fun of the, uh, you know, the guy who was shot. And I'm sorry, I don't want to make fun of this because the guy died. He was shot in the head. He was tested for COVID. They reported as a COVID death. Now, that one, they, 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 they filtered out, at least at some point, of the statistics because of the outrage of that. But how many – did you account for this? Because this is a thing. I'm not, I'm not making this up. So we have to come down from this, you know, where, uh, where we can and say, well, what's, what's a you know, reasonable one? I'll, I'll read the last few paragraphs of the story. What's a, you know, what's a reasonable number or a range uh, to come to? Two-thirds of these cases were attribute, attributed to COVID-19 on the death certificates. And Wolf says there are two types of explanations for the rest. Some of them were COVID-19 deaths that simply were not documented, such as perhaps the person died at home and was never tested or because the certificate was miscoded. And some of the extra deaths were probably a consequence of the pandemic, yet not necessarily the virus itself. For instance, he says, 
Imagine a patient with chest pain who is scared to go to the hospital because they do not want to get the virus, then dies of a heart attack. Wolf calls this indirect mortality. The deaths aren't literally caused by the virus itself, but the pandemic is claiming lives. So, yeah, any, you can't even quantify those right now with what we have for statistics and data, but uh, unless you can, you can't use that number that they were citing earlier. Here are the excess deaths over, you know, our, our baseline of 7,500 per day. Now it's out, now it's, it's well, and, and, and one of these, one of the reasons this is so important, I mean, I, as a libertarian, I would say it doesn't matter if, if we got everybody to embrace uh, the basic libertarian standard of ethics, which, which dictates that there is no health threat that justifies you violating another person's rights. You can set whatever policy you want on your own land, your own private property. Other people can do the same. But for a government to come in and say, no, you don't have a right to set your own standard of risk in this case. And it's another thing to say, hey, we're going to, we're going to, the only thing you can enforce is that respect for individuals setting their, their own policy. And again, I'm not coming here to suggest that, you know, any particular policy uh, around COVID is, is, is right or wrong with this segment. We've done plenty of other segments. But with this, it's one of the things that, for, for people who don't accept this standard of libertarian ethics, how big of a threat this represents determines how much violence and coercion, violation of individual rights, we will accept in the name of the coronavirus. And I call it that because it seems to have given everybody an excuse to tell other people what to do, right? But, or at least all of the wannabe Karens have come out of the woodwork. So, what, one more paragraph from the story. The numbers in Wolf's study come from provisional death data, the kind that the CDC has not yet checked for miscoding or other issues. So it comes with some degree of imprecision. What they, they, they say imprecision. It could be more. It could be less. No, it's it's clearly errors in one direction here. What builds his confidence in these results, however, is the fact that they have been replicated numerous times by his group and others. All serious analyses of these data are showing the number of deaths we're hearing on the news is an undercount. And again, from the, the people with the incentive to inflate things, you really do have to question them. And for the people who have been wrong so many times in inflating the threat of this virus, it's not like we're hearing this from people who were uh, underestimating it before and saying that the uh, policies were too much. Uh, it's the same people who have been, I'll say lying, because at some level there are people lying. Most people involved in this misinformation racket are simply passing along the lies of others. But there's a huge amount of lying and deliberate misinterpretation and mispresentation of this data in order to make the virus seem like more of a threat than it is. So, you know, and, and by the way, those weren't actually the last two paragraphs in the article. The very last one says, it's now the third leading cause of death in the U.S. Um, you know, whether it's 218,000 XYZ or 219,000. And it's like, really? That's the dispute? You've got it down to that that close of a margin? Bullshit. And even if the number is that high, like, you know, again, 
if this is the introduction of a new class of viruses into the human petri dish, and now it's like you've got colds and, and, and flus and, and you've got coronas, and okay, that's a, I know that there's overlap and you know with with flus and what is the coronavirus but the way we maybe it's covid okay so we know we have strains of covid and this, this whole other thing and as it is introduced it's going to you know be able to be counted as responsible for for lots of deaths but there are two things that that, that make it worth pointing out that this number is overblown and and one is that the cure has been worse than the disease. And as we predicted from the beginning, you were going to see more and more decisive statistics about how suicide numbers are up more than even alleged COVID deaths in all of this. And Japan uh, gave us the, the latest overwhelming statistic to this point where in the month of October, they had more deaths from suicide than from COVID in the whole 10 months prior. So th- th- there's a whole host of reasons why we need to put this threat in perspective. And this number of 218,000 puts it on a scale where, you know, it, 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 you go, well, yeah, I guess, I guess we do have to be afraid of this. And it is something truly special and out there and kind of an outlier. But when you, you take out all the hype, you know, if, if we assume that, that, that even half of those, other 94% of, of deaths attributed to COVID are primarily COVID deaths, and that takes us down by even just 50%. You know, I, you know, I, if I put a range on this, uh, yeah, maybe somewhere from 10 to 80%. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, and I hate to even say, like, well, yeah, it's just me looking at these numbers here. You know, I don't have some crack team of statisticians, you know, analyzing this and picking it apart. Because I think even at this point, it's kind of a fool's errand. You really can't. But uh, we can be confident in concluding that this thing is hugely overblown, uh, significantly, not just uh, not just around the margins, but enough that it, it would fundamentally alter how humanity looks at this virus uh, if, we, if we had a more honest look at the numbers and what kind of policy we would support, what kind of, uh, sacrifices we would be willing to make. And, and in some cases, those sacrifices are other people committing suicide because we supported some policy of economic restriction that led to their desperation. And um, it, it's not just now like the cure is, is, is just a little bit worse than the disease and we don't know. We're erring on the side of caution and, and so be it. It's better than doing nothing. But when the cure uh, is is economic restrictions and shutdowns, that lead to so much economic desperation that we see more suicides, we see more deaths from problems with the healthcare system as a result. It, it is clear that the cure is, is at least some multiple now worse than the disease. And that should be getting everyone's attention and motivate you to get up and, and want to do something about it. Now, I, all of these concerns, incentives, you know, people died from versus of, uh, what is the criteria for counting someone as a COVID death? Uh, the false reports, you know, how many of that 94% is, is, is accurate? They can't back up any of this. And uh, at very least, I think we owe it to ourselves to, to deconstruct the lies and say, no, no, I'm not falling for this. All right, let's check in with the audience. That was a bit of a long segment, but I hope it was worth it. I, I hope that kind of combines. I know this argument, this article, 
uh, you know, is a little bit old. The numbers aren't current. Uh, but addressing all of these arguments, I, I hope we were able to uh, make it relevant based on, on what we know now. Jim, I didn't see any comments on screen during all of it. Any? Bueller? Hello? Are you there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was distracted doing other stuff as well. Uh, we got a long discussion going on in the comments with their own uh, with a couple people, like lots of long comments, like boom, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, any more critical uh, data points to to contribute to this analysis? Uh, seems like Falcor's got something to say about it over here. He's like, "Take care." I think he might have to go out, and he's bugging on me. Uh, no, that was a great segment, and you pointed out all the all the crucial aspects that. I feel like many of us kind of understand, like, I don't even know if this was in context, but Philip Anderson is saying, well, everything everyone knows is a lie, so they didn't accomplish much. Uh, you know, that that made me feel like, like we all know what's going on. They're, they're still pushing all this, and yeah, there are people that believe this stuff, but I feel like, would uh. you say, would you say that the majority, uh, believe that it's falsified to some degree or would you say that the majority think the numbers are legit well what my answer to this is actually going to suggest something much sadder than unquestioning obedience but questioning obedience i think most of the population knows that there's a there's at least some hysteria around this that would would inflate the numbers to some degrees right or or the the, the response um, and I, you know I think of certain family members of mine as examples of this who go well well Adam of, of course they're not exactly accurate but if it, that doesn't mean they're not roughly accurate and that the people in power aren't doing the best they can to respond to this in the public interest right. So Dominic, Dominic uh, Snagger says, in Germany, if you were tested positive and die a few months later, you fall into the COVID category, would bet that something similar is happening in the U.S. as well. Yeah, and, and, and it's that general trend of over-attribution that goes along with the hysteria around this and the, the government incentives, you know, the doctors get more money, um, Obviously, if, if if you're you know on the front lines, right? Um, but uh, yeah, to how much to to what degree? If if you're not really trying to take that into account, if you don't have the ability to take, like, could you even? I mean, could an independent team? I mean, they they could only estimate, estimate right. anyway. Come up with like, you know, I, I mean, so I look at that two hundred eighteen thousand number. I know it's it's more now. Um, but it, 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 I think when that 6% number came out, it was closer to 200,000 even. And, you know, if, if you what, – what did I say, 20% to 80%? I mean, if yeah. you could do it, an intense statistic, statistical analysis with, without, um, you know, a long-term actual review of the data and case studies, like if, if you just took all the data that we have right now, I think you could narrow that down to like a thirty percent range, <laughs> but like, you know, who cares? You know, I, I. All right, what was that comment? 
Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, 1054 chimes in. If we could lay eyes on any one figure, it would be the number of death certificates listing multiple causes in 2020 compared to previous years. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and there's, there are other statistical means of teasing this out with a little more precision. But even then, like, it's still going to be, well, yeah, with a yeah, 10% range of possibility. 10% yeah. margin of error on that. But, yeah, no, and, and until until we have that, and I wonder, like, this is going to be, like, picking apart this COVID era for the, the years following, assuming there's an end, you know, but watching, like, the real statistics come in over time or watching the accepted statistics uh, become more accurate and revised over time is going to be a real fun part of, of living through our age. I hate to say that it's, like, Taking ple- it's, I don't, I'm not taking pleasure in other people's suffering, but see, you know, understanding how mistakes at this scale unfolded in real time, and, and our understanding of that unfolding in real time, following it, like, what, what an exciting time to be alive! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mary Wildfire brings up the vaccine. She says, I just got out of a meeting with two realtors I work with, and they started talking about how excited they were to be able to get the vaccine and get back to work. She just can't get through. She's scared for them. You got any advice on something she could say to them to get them to question taking that vaccine? That's hard for realtors. Don't be the first. I think it should be pretty, like, instead of, my, my general advice, like, if you're trying to reach out to people and help them in that situation, is instead of trying to convince them to not take the vaccine, just convince them to not be in the first wave. And that hopefully that'll be enough, because they'll see it or other people will get it in one way or another. It won't be necessary. The temptation won't be there to get the vaccine. But uh, more importantly... Uh, for for people who don't want to get the vaccine uh, or are committed to resisting the bullying into getting the vaccine, um, how many of us do you think there are in those terms, Jim? People who, uh, what percent of Americans are sort of committed to not getting the vaccine, uh, you know, at, at least... Uh, until, uh, you know, we've seen other people get it and, and know the risks after maybe a year or so. Like, I'm not 100% against vaccinations. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not against even a COVID vaccine in theory. If, if they came out with one that said it was truly 100% safe and, and negligible chance of side effects, and we'll give you $1,500 and give you all your citizenship privileges back if you take it. I'd be like, uh, or maybe, you know. Even even uh, if you know they're lying? No, I mean, <laughs> at that the point, I'd have to maybe, like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, I'd really have to verify, you know. Right. Um, I'd have to have seen some years have passed with number of, of people who I've known having gotten the you know, exact same vaccine. But my and point so is that, oh, well, well, my point well, is, what I was getting at with that is that if if you're in our category, be prepared to hunker down. You know, like, uh, as, 
in, in order to stay under the cloud as opposed to in it, you might have to, and, and I, I don't mean to make a, you know, a biased argument for prepping, um, but if it's a semi-isolated lifestyle for the next year or two, uh, we should all be ready for that in whatever strategy is right for us. I wish I was selling more prepper goods and could be like Alex Jones. You know, therefore, you need to buy two-year supply of my penis pills. That's the worst Alex Jones impersonation ever. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> you get the idea. All right, sorry. So how many, uh, in terms of people who have that sort of, you know, near, you know, extreme skeptical perspective on, on the virus vaccine, how many of us? I mean, it's a hard number to put, uh, to just throw out there. I, I want to be optimistic and say up to half, but it, realistically, it's probably like 15, 20% maybe. Yeah, okay. So let me, let me ask the question from the other angle. If it came down to here's a government approved virus, you take it, you get $1,500, and you're allowed to fly. You don't take it. You don't get $1,500, and you're not allowed to fly. How many Americans take it? It's so, it's, yeah, a lot. Probably, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'd still like to think at least 20% of us are going to resist. And a lot of it ain't going to be the anti-vaxxers. I think we're going to see a surprising number from the uh, from the religious crowd that are starting to feel the the mark of the beast comparison really hit home on this one. You know what I mean? And so I think there's going to be some resistance for that. But even them, I think they're they're going to do like you said. They're just going to wait a while until it feels a lot safer. Until they're really convinced. You know, until enough propaganda has worked their way through their layers to make them feel safe about it. But in reality, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, if you're going to wait a couple years for them to do the science on it, number one, you've now lived successfully for a couple years in the world with this dangerous virus. So what would be the point a couple years from now in getting vaccinated? You've already survived it for all this time. Your natural immunity is naturally there unless it evolved, in which case now you're dealing with a new evolved strain that they're going to have to make a whole new vaccine for. And you're going to have to wait a couple more years for them to get that one right. You know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, Mercedes in, in the uh, Brewster's Club chat said, what about the people who had it? Like, I don't need this one. As in, she's had the virus, and now they're going to go to her and say, well, you can't fly unless you get this extra shot. That You can't argue, you know, if it has no benefit, it, it has it's an unnecessary risk. Why put another needle you know, and, and another who knows what, you know, formula with, with potential side effects in your body. So there's there's that. But I, I also want to point out that when, you you know, that, that I threw out that 90% number, right, that if it, it, today, if it came out or, like, you know, within the next month, hey, everybody, here's the government-approved vaccine. Uh, we're going to attach a $1,500 stimulus check to it. And if you don't get it, at least for now, you can't fly. And uh, we're, there are going to be a few other privileges that you don't get if you don't get the vaccine in terms of using public spaces or certain businesses that are, you know, high transmission risk, whatever. I, I Yeah, I think it would be 90-plus percent of Americans would take it. And that's one of the reasons that censorship and propaganda is so important in creating the false impression of uh, herd obedience, <laughs> right? That that's what we've got in terms of peer pressure and oh well uh, most people like I know if you're watching this show 
you're somewhat of a think for yourselfer. But most people, and, and even you, and, and I like to point this out to my audiences. I haven't done this in a while, but Jim, you remember this from a speech I did, right? Where I said, like, how many of you designed the cut of the shirt that you're wearing right now? And everybody looks at me like, what, what are you talking about? And I would say, well, if I was up here giving a lecture on fashion and design, I would be saying that you're all a bunch of sheeple followers. Because, and, and, and the point is that you've decided to be woke about this. You've decided to put your attention to this. People have their attention in, in, in different places. And, and we're saying, like, yeah, this is probably better here. But in terms of thinking for yourself versus going with the herd, uh, a lot of us in terms of politics just kind of outsource that thinking to uh, to a combination of experts and uh, public opinion. And if everybody's doing it, well, it must be at least okay. So I'm just going to go with the herd. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. All right, should we do the corona block? Uh, please, yeah, I need more Rona in my life, man. Yeah, I know we haven't talked about Corona enough today. Uh, what's Hold on, we got a producer. All right, need your audio, CJ. Man, so form, uh, good day, good day, gentlemen. Do we have to do COVID again? Come on, man! Like I'm telling it's, you, it's a naturally recurring virus. You know, you 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 know. I'm not saying I was suicidal or would be suicidal. <laughs> I'm just saying that listening to COVID is, is making me suicidal, and I, I'm just going to put that out there. So if you're feeling like me and and you're feeling like, man, this COVID shit's just really depressing and I'd rather listen to uh, a soundtrack of screeching whales, um, you know, I get it. Like, I, I truly get it. COVID is the... You cannot get away from it in any story, politically or otherwise, at this point. I mean, unless we're going to do a story about ducks and birds again. I mean, going to Mars, maybe. But it's like another hour of COVID. I can't. <laughs> hour of COVID. No, we've, got, we've got we've got a non-COVID block. <laughs> Let me clear. Let's. You want? Do you want to like time? How many do we have here? What is it? One, two, three, four, five. Challenge for you. You got as many. Do you have at least ten COVID stories you can pick from? Hold on. I have fifteen stories in okay. my COVID block. I'll bet you I can. I'll bet you I can do them all less than ten minutes. Okay. If you think you can do fifteen COVID, that's the goal that you're setting for yourself. Ten minutes. You can the, – the full, full, full credit is 10 stories. 15 yeah. is bonus. So, uh, yeah, do you accept the challenge? Because I can't COVID for an hour again. All right, no, no. Then we'll, well, then we'll be as done with it as we can be, but it'll still be this dark cloud hanging over everything. But, CJ, I want to point out that this, we have this conversation. We have the Adam versus the man formula reworking whatever conversation. Uh, and, it, and if – People want to, like, I've been thinking about this. If we want to get back to more, like, regular structured segments and, like, no, we do calls, no, we do emails, or, or Adam reads a section of his book at the end of every day. Like, do we need, like, would that give us some counterpoint to COVID, like, built into the show? We'll, we'll take those suggestions, especially right now. If you want to email me, Adam at the Freedom Line, or Jim at or producer at the Freedom Line, that gets to our team here. But, yeah, you ready? Start the, start the clock. Oh, no. So, uh, 
Time out. Time out on the field. Uh, the debate manager, uh, being a core team member, can interrupt the show at any time. So she is here with her thoughts, comments. Mercedes, welcome. You're muted. I forgot. I have <laughs> to hold on my mic for this one. So, Adam, I love you. And as a COVID survivor, um, you are literally killing me right now with COVID news. And that's not something <laughs> I expected. Um, so if we could please... Pretty please do like three stories in 10 minutes and then move on to the next news segment area because I know we have a lot of really, really cool I'm stories. Gonna do, I'm going to do all 15 uh, in, in less than 10 minutes. If I die from this COVID block, you have blood on your hands, sir. Feel free to go <laughs> smoke a cigarette. No, but this, this, is, this is like uh, intense exposure therapy. Okay, get ready. The clock starts in 25 seconds. I'll accept that. Versus the internet today. Did you refresh? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? Are you ready? Yeah. On your mark. Get set. From BBC.com. Obama, Bush, and Clinton pledged to film themselves getting COVID vaccine, earning themselves the nickname the Three Stooges. Whether they're going to have real vaccines or just sugar water in the syringes, or I guess you have saline solution, it is a silly staging where you go, what's the point of this? It's propaganda. You have to question why they're doing this. Why do they trot out three respected ex-presidents from across the political spectrum in order to have such a publicity stunt. This is touching on the theme of last week's episode, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, uh, vaccine nationalism, where we're going to see more bullying and pride and how many people get the vaccine. Now, speaking of vaccine, usatoday.com has this headline, side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine mean your body responded the way it's supposed to, experts say. Americans will likely experience at least one side effect from the COVID-19 vaccine, but doctors say that's normal. You should still get vaccinated. Never mind that for most of you, that would be worse than getting the disease itself because according to the mythology of how viral this thing is, most people who get it are asymptomatic. Again, reinforcing the basic conclusion, don't be in the first group of guinea pigs to get the vaccine. And we can take comfort in the fact that that's going to be mostly federal employees. Forbes.com, researchers warn some COVID-19 vaccines could increase risk of HIV infection. Oh, yeah, fear on all sides here. Top line, some of the COVID-19 vaccines currently in development could increase the risk of acquiring HIV, warned a group of researchers in the Lancet. Medical Journal Monday, potentially leading to an increase in infections as vaccines are rolled out to vulnerable populations around the world. Yeah. Somebody asked me if they thought we were going to have mandates. Not exactly. A lot of bullying, a lot of cajoling, a lot of denial of privileges if you don't get the vaccine. But too much confusion, it would spur too much resistance. Too many groups that have to be able to be exempt from this. There's no way they're going to be able to get it to actual blanket mandates. Oh, but in case that wasn't enough to scare you about this, healthandmoneynews.wordpress.com. I know, not the most mainstream source. As this headline we got from our producers club, head of Pfizer research, COVID vaccine is female sterilization. The COVID-19, excuse me, the COVID vaccine <coughs> contains a spike protein, see image, called Syncton-1, 
vital for the formation of human placenta and women if vaccine works so that we form an immune response against the spike protein. We are also training the female body to attack syncytin syncytin 1, I, I don't care how you pronounce it, which could lead to infertility in women of an unspecified duration. Now, whether this is credible or not, I don't really care because it, it's it's more that it, it points out the fact that this is a normal phenomenon with vaccines that a lot of them have just unanticipated long-term consequences, whether it's female sterilization. I don't know, but until you have the data, it is something that needs to be taken into into account. Uh, Black Hills Fox, foxnews.com, uh, well, blackhillsfox.com, part of Fox News, as this headline, Facebook, to remove COVID-19 vaccine-related misinformation. Now, is it misinformation when one government agent contradicts another? No, it's only misinformation when you contradict a government agent. Facebook said Thursday will start removing false claims about COVID-19 vaccines in its latest move to counter a tide of coronavirus-related online misinformation. Yeah, okay, whatever. No, again, why do we call it the coronavirus? It's a great excuse for everybody to do uh, a whole host of, uh, of things that they weren't able to do before this, including you want to sit at home and be lazy and live off welfare and use COVID as your excuse to, to, to for your failures. <coughs> oh, sure, whatever it is, it's it's your excuse, but uh, to, to engage in a new level of censorship on social media, uh, it seems like one of the more uh, disgusting coronavirus side effects. Uh, now, this next headline from iHeart.com, couple arrested for boarding flight knowing they had COVID-19, just raises a lot of disturbing issues. Again, you know, how, how are they going to, again, fear-mongering with this. Well, there are, there are people. There are people who would do this, who would expose you out of carelessness. We need government to be more powerful to stop them and test and trace and yada, yada, yada. Okay. Uh, just another story adding to the confusion that is going to be used as an excuse to, uh, you know, again, not mandate, but sort of, uh, you know, bully, cajole. And is it forcing? Is there coercion to this? Oh, because we, we had the story. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Uh, we had the story last week about Qantas Airlines, right? And Qantas saying if you don't have the vaccine, you won't be able to fly. And, you know, most Americans go, Qantas, what the hell is that? Okay, Australian Airlines, why do we even care? But no, and you go, oh, it's a private industry, it's a private company, as a libertarian, you have to respect it. Well, do we really have to respect that when it's a company whose privileges exist because of government policy of corporatism, bailouts, favoritism, regulations, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where the corporations that we know as part of the corporate oligopoly of airlines, they're not so much products of the free market as government. Can we really say that when they're acting uh, in a way that just so happens to so strongly favor government policy that they're really acting independently in the market interests of serving their owners and their, and their customers. No, they're, they're serving government. Uh, and, and at some point, it, it's kind of subjective as to how much is this uh, a product of the free market versus how much of, is, is this an actual agent of government when they do their bidding so eagerly. Uh, next headlines from NPR.org. Public health workers in Kansas walk away over pressure from pandemic politics. People are suffering. People will die. And I don't mean to take the same fear-mongering line as all the coronavirus fear-mongers. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's be appropriately afraid. If you're going to be motivated by fear, and you shouldn't, but if you're going to be motivated by fear, let's have it in perspective. There more, again, is the cure worse than the disease? Well, yeah, you have all doctors quitting and a, and a lot of this. 
uh, public health workers, because, and, and this is, you know, in, in a way, it's a good thing and a bad thing. There's, there are people quitting their jobs where they're complaining about, well, I, I got I to gotta share this first quote. Um, and this was a guy who, who had, uh, you know, got a lot of public heat. And he said, whether I did, whatever decision I made, 50% of people were going to be upset because it was too restrictive, and the other 50% were going to be upset because it wasn't restrictive enough. Well, then stop making decisions for other people. Stop forcing your decisions on other people. You know, and it's, it's, it's a bad thing in the sense that resources allocated by society to go deal with public health threats are not being used effectively, even if it's in a fundamentally inefficient government system. But and, and and that people are are quitting from these posts that might actually have some some benefit is 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 bad. But it's also a good thing in that hey, people are it's like you know same thing with cops. You know if you're a cop for the right reasons, you're a public servant, you're serving the public safety. You know and and you have to go through government and you go you know what I'm going to quit my job because it's not in that interest enough. Then that's a good thing. And it, it, there are a lot of you know, conflicting dynamics. And I look at this story and I'm it, it's. It, it, it's sad and it's it's encouraging at the same time that you know maybe when we come out of this crisis we're going to see enough positive reorganization and examination and awareness of these things that it's going to lead to a, a shift in the paradigm of public health in America. ABCnews.com: Rudy Giuliani in hospital after testing positive for COVID-19. Liberals rejoice, gloat, use this to reinforce your partisan bullshit. And furthermore, follow-up headline from WashingtonPost.com, Arizona legislature closes after Giuliani spent two days with maskless GOP lawmakers. <gasps> oh, be more afraid. Be afraid of Giuliani. Be, oh, gosh. All right. I, it's, it, I thought him becoming the 9-11 candidate was embarrassing enough. Now he has fallen off the rails. From USAToday.com, most of California will be home for Christmas under Governor Gavin Newsom's stay-at-home orders. Yes, we are getting to that point. With the second wave of corona and an increase in restrictions and lockdowns, basically full lockdown for California. Yeah. Uh, now, it's stay-at-home orders and business shutdowns for regions where hospital intensive care units capacity fall below 15%. Well, I mean, there's so much more complicated, confusing nonsense to this, but it, it really does simplify to a kind of, uh, you know, statewide lockdown for the next three weeks. Uh, businessinsider.com, the FBI raided New Jersey lab and urged people who want, went there for COVID-19 tests to get retested. Yes, they issued a public service announcement urging people to get retested if they visited the Infinity Diagnostic Laboratory in Ventnor. Um, and again, uh, you know, all this, oh, we're failing because we're not giving government enough money and power. No, 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 it's not it. This is a huge reset. You know, why do we spend, you know, the great reset? In some ways, it's being described as in, in, in line with globalist conspiracies that are they're really, I, they can't even call them conspiracies because they're conspiring in the open to reorganize the global economy. This is the possibly uh, the, the greatest the greatest government racket of our lifetimes. Uh, the, the, the transfer of wealth and power is akin to that of war, and maybe. Uh, it, it's not as vicious. Uh, I think time is yet to tell. I think in terms of compared to the, you know, the great wars and violence uh, that has been visited upon the people by governments throughout human history, this is a step down in the viciousness. But let's even put the financial stuff in perspective. BBC has a headline to this point. COVID, Argentina passes tax on wealthy to pay for virus measures. 
Yeah, government loves taxing the wealthy. Sure, that's how it goes. That's why the, the poor are getting richer and the rich are get, getting poor. No, no, that's going. Um, AP News has this depressing headline from the United States to measure, again, the scale of the economic suffering. Millions of hungry Americans turn to food banks for the first time. Uh, and Gallup has this. If you want to get into the statistics, maybe we'll come back to this. Americans' mental health ratings sink to new low. There's an optimistic, not depressing at all topic. But to round out our COVID blog today, ZeroEdge.com, World Food Program Director, 270 million people now marching towards starvation in wake of COVID-19. That is the effect of this. That is why we care. That is why I have no problem spending as, as much time as it takes to appropriately cover uh, the, the story of the day, to not let it be reduced into cliches and bumper stickers and memes and headlines, but to make sure that, that, that we the people, at least we the people who I'd like to think humbly I, I represent who want to question the mainstream authoritarian narrative, at least have uh, some chance to write an objective history of this rather than one that is uh, designed to favor the establishment, those in power and, and serve the purpose of government, to keep the super rich getting richer at the expense of the rest of us. There we go. I know I was a little over there, but I think I got through all 15 stories in, in under 11 minutes. I'm on head. That's the wrong There you, there go. you go. Wrong button. Well done. Well done. Not bad. Well a few done. minutes over. I mean, I'll allow it just because I know of now what? Now, is Corona done or do we got to talk about it again tomorrow? Oh, it's going to come up again tomorrow. It's going to come up again later today. We're just not going to do another <laughs> block about it. No, no, no. I think, listen, I think this is the way it should go down. Hear me out. I think that it should be Adam gets a COVID segment that he can dedicate for the show and then any time after that segment or before that segment that he says COVID, Adam has to donate a dollar to COVID research. Come on. To which organization? <laughs> I mean, what are we this even talking Tuesday, about right now? Pick which organization you want. Because, I mean, let's try to get COVID. CDC, obviously. I'm here for this. COVID. <laughs> I, I, I want to change this to Adam versus the COVID. Honestly, we could, but it should be two dollars because you were two do- two minutes over exactly on that segment. So it should be two. Well, yes, I was saying I don't count my rant at the end. You know? See, yeah, they already nice forgave him for the two minutes. Yeah, I forgive him for that because it's bigger implications for later. I want this to say Adam versus the COVID. <laughs> okay, we'll have fun. Farmers, <laughs> 80s. So Daniel Sterling said, or Daniel Irving, sorry, says, can we at least have fun with this COVID segment? What happens if the vaccine literally turns into an I am legend scenario? I haven't seen I am legend. What does that mean? You haven't seen I am legend. Okay. Well, it's a Will Smith movie. Uh, basically, uh, a, a disease takes over the world and uh, kills the, everybody in the population, turns them into zombies and, He's in a apocalyptic. He's the only one alive scenario till he finds somebody else. What if what if this whole vaccine and everything literally depopulates the planet? Like uh, guys like you know uh, 
Bill Gates actually kind of talk about sometimes. Yeah, those are some scenes from the movie. He's hunting. You can see the foliage and everything all over New York City, and he's hunting to eat or whatever, obviously. But you can see that it's a post-apocalyptic setting. Hmm. So what would what would you, you'd be prepared? You'd be like, well, nothing would really change for you, except uh, except you would have to start actually, literally, probably defending your property. No, even out here I wouldn't. That's one of the great things about this location for strategic purposes is that um, it's highly unlikely to be vulnerable that way. Well, yeah, at first, but you got to think that all of the major cities, which there are a lot of, are going to be have mass exodus from. You know what I mean? Lots. Everybody's going to be fleeing the cities even on foot because the highways are going to be destroyed, you know, it, you would. Well, I, I mean, basically that would be more wood instead of propane, right? Yeah. But let's, yeah. let's, um, I mean, let me break this down for a second. Like what's the worst, because I, we talk about, you know, population can, by the way, would you recommend this movie? Should I watch it? Uh, it's pretty would entertaining. Like, it's cool. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And kind of worth, it's, uh, worth it's a little bit older. because of its popularity. Uh, yeah, right, so yeah I would list. say it's worth it because of its popularity. It's a cool, unique story. And it's actually kind of like with today's world, it is specifically derived around a virus. You know what I mean? So so oh, okay. comparing it oh, to okay. today so, could, could be unique. So before we get to the next news block, two things that I want to I get into with this. Um, one on the population control. Um, yeah, there might be significant population control along with some, you know, globalist, secret, superclass agenda. Um, but there are limits to what they can get away with, and there are limits to what they want to get away with. Remember, like, they don't want, I mean, and I don't know, maybe with the the exception of a few psychopaths, right, that actually want to, to like, eliminate 99% of the world's population. There are people for whom controlling the world's population, you know, they would be willing to you know, get rid of half of us. Now, I'm not saying that it's an, it's not a threat, but it's it's not it, – just what is the threat? It, there's a much bigger threat of a chunk of depopulation, like up to 50%, than of a, a sort of, you know, closer to 99% scenario. That's all I'm saying. But then the other thing is, like, in terms of what's realistic on the horizon, right, because I told people – you know, if you're if you're one of us who uh, is is sort of on the strongly skeptic side of, of a new vaccine, you know what what would you ha- what would hunkering down look like? So let me, let me like break it down for me, because um, you know I, I, if there were if in an apocalyptic scenario, yeah, like, biggest lifestyle change for me is uh, I got to get food independent and water independent fast and no more propane, right? But I can handle that. I'd survive that out here. Um, but realistically, if if I refuse to take a vaccine and uh, testing negative isn't enough and I'm not allowed to fly, you know, what else am I not allowed to do? Maybe I'm, I'm not allowed to, uh, you know, to, to drive legally. So you know, I can drive around Juniperwood Ranch on our private roads, right, still. Probably jump into town and back and not worry about it too much. You know, I can get gas. I can get propane, you know, I can get canned foods, but maybe I'm not, uh, maybe, maybe there, maybe there are, uh, you know, border patrol or, or uh, checkpoints at the borders. And right now, like I, I say that, oh, maybe there, 
you know, checkpoints around the border of Arizona, that seems really far-fetched, but checkpoints at the border of New York seemed far-fetched before all this happened, and now it's real. You know, checkpoints at the border of Florida, stopping people from coming, you know, north to south into Florida bringing the virus. That was a thing. I don't think they're still doing that, but it was for a while. I don't know, they might be. They're probably different versions of this scattered around the country, right? Uh, so, you know, if, if you have to be isolated or, or semi-isolated like that, uh, you know, I, I think there's a sort of, you know, lightweight prepper mentality of, you know, be ready for that. You know, have, uh, if you can afford it, if you can afford a six-month stash of, of emergency food or food independent supplies, whatever it is, uh, if you can if you can store water in quantity, um, you know, things like that. I think that's I think that's worth looking into for your situation. Uh, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, sure. Yep, that's a very mild assessment of the possibilities. I mean, I just, I, you know, I, I think it's sort of like realistic prepping. You know, like not right. have have fun in some fantasy preparing for the worst case scenario where you're going to spend more money on guns than food because you're going to have to shoot down hordes of zombies. Like, no, no, no. Spend more money on food than guns. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, and, and yeah. practical prep. Like, analyze, you know, even even if we're talking about extreme scenarios, what are the ones that are reasonable possibilities? And, like, I have to think right now, if, if you know, the, regardless of what happens, you know, and this, I've been, I think this has been part of my message for a long time, but now particularly you can see it. If, if you haven't already gotten to that point, you know, be prepared. Be prepared. As the Boy Scouts used to say, be prepared. Yeah, I, I totally agree with your sentiment. Buy more food than bullets. Uh, I, I don't. I don't suspect a zombie invasion. Like something tells me that's not what it is. We'll need to worry about. I'm not. You know, that's the least of the possible scenarios. But I, I just keep going to the idea. Like, what if? I mean, we we, we wouldn't understand it right now because it wouldn't make sense to us. Because, like you said, who if they got rid of 99% of the population, who are they going to rule over? But, I mean, what if it's something that we don't even understand? What if it's some ridiculous belief that they have? Like the, the what do they call those things, the Georgia Guidestones? You know, those stones, that, and they literally say on there that the population should not exceed 500 million. What if they literally believe this for whatever reason? What if their beliefs are so, you know, secret that they have this plan to reduce the planet to 500 million people because they think that it's going to cause some evolutionary leap or some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they have some crazy belief that's causing them to, to reduce the planet to 500 million, which would be ridiculous. I mean, that's, you know, whatever. I don't know the percentage, but that would be insane. You know what so I'm what's saying? What's the population now, like 8 billion? Yeah, from 8 billion to 500 million to half a billion. That's that would be significant, you know. What is the world population right now? Seven point eight billion. Yeah, that's pretty close. So yeah, we're, we think of it as about eight billion. So getting it down to five hundred million would be killing fifteen out of sixteen people. Right, right. <clears throat> that would be crazy. One in sixteen people survives. So obviously we hope that that's not the case, right? 
All right, so let's get to, let's get to another news blog. We got some. What's what's our contest today? I forgot. Uh, we are supposed to come up with the best evidence as to why to doubt the numbers, the COVID numbers, the death numbers. Yeah, well, anything on that count? Uh, I have not seen anything on that count, no. All right, or uh, better responses to uh, to that, you know, official number of 218. What is it? What's it? What's the, where do we get the official Is it, is it cdc.gov? Doesn't, is it probably on their account? If it's a live count, wouldn't it be counting up like the like the debt clock? How long before yeah, they have that? <laughs> Just a regular ticking clock or COVID death clock. There, there's got to be websites with that out there. Hold on, COVID. I bet if we look up, if we just do a Google search, COVID death clock, Worldometer, coronavirus death toll and trends, Trump Trump death clock. <laughs> <laughs> one million, one point five million, one million five hundred forty-six thousand one hundred ninety-five Supposedly. Uh, supposedly. Asterisks, right? You gotta add the... Yeah. yeah. What about, what's the U.S. count, though? Uh, that, he's not sure of. Let's see, U.S. COVID death count. I mean, I don't, I don't really care. I just figure since we checked in earlier, we should know. Okay, so they're saying 282,000. And 14.8 million cases. Now that doesn't even sound right for what they're saying is the death rate. There's got, but they're saying they're they're projecting. I don't know. It's like, is this number this or that? Is it the actual cases that have tested positive? Is it does it count people who just showed up with symptoms and were tested positive? Does is it projections? Is it estimates? It's it's just uh, there's so much deliberate confusion around these numbers. It's uh, that that is kind of mad. Didn't we say we were going to talk about something else? <laughs> Dan, Daniel Irving chimed in and said the best reason to doubt the official death count is that it's an official count. <laughs> you and the internet, you're, that is that is definitely our our lead right now for uh, for this contest today. All right. So let's uh, let's get into the news here today. We have we have some other good news. Uh, ABC has this headline: Trump orders most U.S. troops out of Somalia. Most of them are expected to leave by early next year. President Donald Trump has ordered the Pentagon to remove the majority of the 700 U.S. military troops in Somalia from the country, according to a Pentagon statement. The order changes the mission American troops had to assist the local Somali military in fight against Al Shabaab, an Al Qaeda affiliated group, but will allow counterterrorism strikes against the group to continue as needed, of course. The President of the United States has ordered the Department of Defense and the U.S. Africa Command to reposition the majority of personnel and assets out of Somalia by early 2021. So this is, uh, you know, just more fake anti-war pandering. The U.S. is not withdrawing or disengaging from Africa. The statement stressed, we remain committed to our African partners and enduring support through a whole-of-government approach. The U.S. has about 700 military personnel in Somalia, most of whom have been assisting the Somali military in its fight against Al-Shabaab, a terrorist group affiliated with Al-Qaeda. 
yeah. All right. We go now to a story shared from our executive producer, CJ, in South Dakota Hedgehog. Watchdog, Libertarian Party of South Dakota condemns lawsuit challenging Amendment A. Libertarian Party of South Dakota condemns the lawsuit filed by Pennington County Sheriff Kevin Thom and Highway Patrol Superintendent Rick Miller contesting Amendment A, which passed in November with 54% of the vote. And, and these are the people supposedly tasked with, you know, safeguarding democracy. And now they're filing a lawsuit to subvert the public will, right? Over 50,000 signatures were turned in last November by South Dakotans for better marijuana laws to place Amendment A, a measure that legalizes marijuana, on the ballot. Uh, LPSD, that's Libertarian Party of South Dakota, Communications Director Devin Saxon, who gathered over 500 of those signatures, feels that the people of South Dakota deserve better from their law enforcement officials. Quote, citizens of this great state are done a severe disservice when public officials abuse their offices and their qualified immunity by burdening taxpayers with hefty legal expenses if and when they lose their case. Sheriff Kevin Thom and Superintendent Rick Miller are tasked with enforcing the laws of South Dakota, not shaping those laws using taxpayer money to leverage influence in the people's right to petition our grievances and amend our Constitution is a dangerous slope to slip down. And it's like, ah, CJ, you thought you won. You may have won a battle, but the war is not over. The war on drugs rages on, and assholes like this are using taxpayer money. I mean, it'd be one thing. You'd have one less layer of evil uh, wrapped up in, in their actions if they were, say, using, like, private funds and saying, you know, like, as a, as a person, as an individual citizen, you know, I disagree with the majority, and I'm going to fight it this way. But even then, Fight it in, 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 in a legitimate venue. Not I'm going I'm to ask this court to intervene and, and declare the will of the people irrelevant here. There's uh, you know, so there are, there are obviously there's a lot more uh, fight to be had in resolving the war on drugs. Speaking of which, I love this from the ACLU. Is this next headline? ACLU.org. The U.S. government is secretly using cell phone location data to track us pursuing. And, and good for you. Thank you for doing this. There can be no accountability without transparency. The federal government is secretly purchasing and using our cell phone location information to locate and track people in the United States, including for immigration enforcement. We're suing to bring some much-needed transparency to these disturbing practices. And it's kind of sad that, this, that we have to do this. And it's also sad that this is the first step. And I, 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 my, just so everybody knows my policy, like, I don't put anything in any kind of digital communication because I, you know, that, 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 that I would be uncomfortable with, uh, you know, being, being just made public at some point or, or, uh, the government knowing it through some secret observation. Because unless you're using end to end offline encryption, none of your digital communications are, uh, 100% secure. And, that we just we live in this world where you can't even trust a, a corporation who you hire whose job it is to secure data for you to to be able to do that because government goes to them with a gun to their head and says uh, build us a back door and then you can do business and if you don't then you're out of business and it goes so much further than this uh, and and that the, the ACLU was uh, suing for transparency not not actual privacy not like an end to this practice altogether <clears throat> it's just a measure of, of how uh, un-American 
the situation has gotten with the surveillance state today. And that should be an issue that unites people. Another, another, another thing that's cured by localization, it's only large, centralized, coercive, bureaucratic governments that have the ability to form this kind of surveillance state in the first place. And it is, uh, you know, like a frog boiling in water. We have gotten to this by the temperature slowly being turned up as digital communications have become more relevant. We have this incredible potential to leverage these these technologies to serve human needs, and instead they're being subverted by the government in so many ways. This is just one other measure, but you have to know that uh, there's, a, there's a lot more we could be doing with this technology if we weren't just having to fight government to respect our privacy like this. Update on Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kenosha kid from anewspost.com. Kyle Rittenhouse will stand trial after failed effort to drop charge of 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, the young man charged in the killing of two people and the injuring of another during protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin, will be forced to stand trial for all of the charges against him after his legal team lost a motion to dismiss two of the six charges during a preliminary hearing at Kenosha County Circuit Court on Thursday. Court Commissioner Lauren Keating ruled that there was enough evidence for Rittenhouse uh, to stand trial for the murder charges as well as the weapons charges against him. So, you know, it, 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 I, I certainly respect that, you know, like, like I, I have, I've seen the videos and, and um, you know, my, my understanding of the narrative is, is pretty favorable to Kyle Rittenhouse here, that uh, he acted appropriately in self-defense in, in all three shootings in question. Uh, whether there's some violation with the, the gun charges or the weapons charges, I don't know. In that case, there should not be anything. You know, any any gun law is an infringement, and you have the right to defend yourself, and at least on your own property and in public, you have the right to decide what is appropriate for defending yourself. Uh, if you go to the, uh, the the actual charges here of the deaths being uh, being inappropriate, uh, I think even in a free well in a free society, this wouldn't have happened in the first place. I mean, it's it's really embarrassing. That it was, it was, uh, that in the moment it may have been appropriate for Kyle Rittenhouse to have done exactly what he did. Now, the reason I say may is that I don't know all of the facts and I'm not here to prejudge, although generally I would support him getting his day in court. I would support him, um, you know, having, you know, not, not being incarcerated, uh, before doing so. I don't think he's some, you know, random danger to society, uh, you know, maybe being, being monitored in some way until trial, uh, I think would be appropriate, but even trial, is not the best way to go about this. You know, we're, we're capable, uh, again, I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but we are capable of so much better legally in determining what happened here and what the outcome should be. And having some decisive review of the fact after something happens like this and saying that it was or was not appropriate self-defense or that he is liable in this way or that, this is horrifically inefficient. And I mean horrifically. I'm not, and I don't mean just in, in describing the inefficiency in terms of what it's doing to Kyle's life, that we don't have some socially accepted you know, voluntary authority that can come in and review the case and say, you know, we've, we've heard the arguments on, on um, you know, both sides of this. And, in this. and there are, in a sense, two sides. Either, you know, Kyle has no liability or the people who claim liability against them have, have, have a claim, right? That there are two sides to this case in that sense. And, you know, as you, we've heard it and we've decided that this is, this is what's going to happen. Uh, the fact that we have such a convoluted 
system uh, where lawyers make a lot of money, where government officials make a lot of money, where people running jails and law enforcement agencies and all the profiteers associated with this uh, injustice system make a lot of money. Uh, it, it is really tragic. And now Kyle Rittenhouse is, is just the latest victim of the system this way. Uh, again, I can't say decisively whether or not, um, you know, he, he was entirely justified. There are people credibly saying that he wasn't. And, and I think that, that their case deserves to be heard. But you don't need to make a martyr. You don't need to make a victim out of Kyle Rittenhouse again for, for being in that situation and, and giving him, uh, you know, what we say on paper, our fundamental American values, like the right to a speedy trial, uh, the right to access to, to courts and to justice and, and to see uh, what Kyle's going through. It doesn't surprise me in this case. But it is another measure of the failure of the uh, American legal system. The Sun has this fun headline I've seen getting around. Dead ringer Jeffrey Epstein is alive. Conspiracy theory sparked after a sighting near the dead pedophile's ranch in New Mexico where he defiled his sex slaves of bizarre conspiracy theory claims. That's going to be really interesting if this is the case. Uh, this is a, a thread that unravels a sweater. We'll be following the story, but for now, if you want to get into that more... The, uh, the link will be in the notes, along with most of the stories we're going to breeze through towards the end of our show here. New York Post. China plants its flag on moon before return trip to Earth. Now, the headline has to start with a little bit of a gloating here. More than a half century after U.S. astronauts first planted the stars and stripes on the moon, China replicated the feat, though unmanned, by unfurling its red flag on the lunar surface. Chang's Chang E-5's ascent vehicle lifted off Thursday night with a load of lunar rocks, the first stage of its return to Earth, the government agency reported. And yes, as a libertarian, two sides to this story. Beautiful to see the technological innovation and, project, and, and progress. A tragedy to see it happening uh, because government stole the money from people and is, and is uh, investing it in the way that they see fit and slowing down human progress overall as a result. Related tech news from Yahoo uh, via Reuters or Reuters via Yahoo. Origin of the Planets capsule lands in Australia. Early risers in Australia's outback on Sunday. That would be December 6th morning. Got to witness the return journey of a Japanese space probe that's hoped could be carrying secrets about the origin of the planet. Six years after leaving Earth on board the Hayabusa 2 unmanned spacecraft, the capsule landed in Australia carrying dust retrieved from the asteroid Ryugu before being retrieved by Japan's Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, carrying the world's first extensive samples taken from an asteroid. So if you want to get into that, again, links in the notes. From NPR.org, breaking Trump, back, excuse me, breaking Trump versus backing Trump. Big difference. Is that a Freudian slip? I hope not. Backing Trump, some ex-military officers spread conspiracies, urge martial law. Uh, this is about uh, one of the appointees looking uh, to come in at the last second here. Next headline, we have some international stuff. Hong Kong police asked banks to freeze ex-lawmaker Hui's accounts from Reuters.com. Uh, and just again, we are keeping up on what's going on in Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong police said on Monday they had, been, they had asked banks to freeze Ted Hui's accounts because they suspected money laundering by the ex-lawmaker who fled to Britain after facing criminal charges related to anti-government protests last year. Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just steal your money. Yeah, all right. Uh, 
uh, about the scientists in Iran. Zero edges. This headline: Iran suspects exiled cult was involved in an assassination of top scientist. Iran continues to release details surrounding the killing of its top scientist Mohsen Fakhrizadeh on Monday. A senior Iranian official said a controversial group of Iranian exiles based in Albania could have been involved in the assassination. Uh, and there's a reason I'm, I'm covering this exact story. You'll see in a second. Uh, Ali Shamkani, Secretary of the Supreme National Council of Iran, quote, we have some clues, but surely the Monofegan group was involved and the criminal element behind it is the Zionist regime in Mossad. The Monofegan refers to the National Council of Resistance of Iran, a coalition led by the People's Mujahideen of Iran, or MEK, Mujahideen e The MEK is a controversial group widely considered to be a cult, and up until 2012, was designated as a terrorist group by the U.S. government. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things I could interject, and there's a lot of fun uh, intersecting dynamics, but my little personal connection to this is that when I was in Fallujah in 2004, the base we were at was called MEK, because it was the one where Saddam Hussein had uh, sponsored this particular group, the Mujahideen al the MEK, and they named the facility after them. And so this was a place where uh, defectors from Iran could come to Iraq and train to fight the Iranian government. Yeah, yeah. Do some research. I'm saying a lot of history. That's a fun knot. From Reuters.com, Iran says smart satellite-controlled machine gun killed top nuclear scientists. And it's kind of like, well, we saw it in the American movie, so we're pretty sure we're pretty sure it's possible now. No, I. <clears throat> but yeah, this is, is not. And all far-fetched, given today's technologies, you could have a satellite-controlled machine gun. Do you really have to say smart in there? Is there I mean, are you differentiating from uh, dumb satellite-controlled machine guns? Yeah, I, all right. The killing of Iran's top nuclear scientist last month was carried out remotely with artificial intelligence and a machine gun equipped with a satellite-controlled smart system, Tasnim News Agency quoted a senior commander as saying, Iran has blamed Israel for the assassination of Fakhrizadeh, who was seen by Western intelligence services as the mastermind of a covert Iranian program to develop nuclear weapons capability. Tehran has long denied any such ambition. Couple more political headlines here. LA Police from LA's from LATimes.com. Los Angeles Police converge on peaceful Black Lives Matter protest at Mayor's House. Is that really peaceful if you go to someone's residence and you're protesting them there without specific reason? I mean, I don't I, I don't want to defend government agents, um, certainly, but um, I'm just saying like this is kind of predictable, right? You go to someone's house, police are gonna get involved. Uh, so at the clash, there was an arrest and a skirmish with baton-wielding officers. Several elected officials later denounced this as police brutality and a violation of freedom of speech. Video footage showed at least one officer swinging a baton repeatedly at protesters, one of whom shielded himself with a cooking pan. Uh, a woman used a water bottle to stave off a blow. So yeah, sounds like uh, cops got uh, got a little con- out of control in L.A. And remember that this is happening. Did we say we weren't going to – the virus – which shall not be named, obviously has something to do with this story as a backdrop where California is going into lockdowns. L.A. in particular has had some pretty uh, significant clashes with uh, Black Lives Matter and coronavirus lockdown protests. Uh, Politico.com, 
One of the nuttier things I've seen, mega civil war erupts in Georgia. A pro-Trump attorney's call for a boycott of the Senate runoffs is alarming Republicans. Interesting political double play. Georgia's Republican civil war just got a lot messier, a new schism. I like that word. You put schism in the first sentence of a or second sentence of a news story, I'm probably going to read it on the air. A new schism, this one between MAGA forces, is taking shape, further threatening GOP unity in advance of the January 5 runoffs for the state's two Senate seats. At the center of the conflict is pro-Trump trial lawyer Lynn Wood. His advocacy for President Donald Trump and his unsubstantiated claim Claims of election fraud have been so extreme that he's now taken to publicly discouraging people from voting for Republicans, Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, arguing that the runoff elections are already rigged. Now, yeah, so there's a lot more to the story I don't really care to get into because at some point it just becomes a political distraction. But yeah, we are going to be following what's going on in Georgia. NBC has our next headline. Michigan Secretary of State says armed protesters gathered outside her home. I think I meant to cover this with the L.A. story, but they shouted obscenities and threatened violence in an effort to overturn the state's presidential election results. Dozens, uh, she said in a statement. <clears throat> Dozens of armed people gathered outside Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's home over the weekend shouting obscenities and threatening violence in an effort to overturn the presidential election results in the state Benson and her four-year-old son just finished decorating their home for Christmas and were about to watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas when the group arrived. The demands made outside my home were unambiguous, loud, and threatening. They targeted me and my role as Michigan's chief election officer. Threats of violence, intimidation, and bullying the armed people outside my home and their political allies seek to undermine and, and silence the will and voices of every voter in this state, no matter who they voted for. Now I'm I don't support this. I don't I don't think that kind of like personal harassment of, of in, I mean I, I don't support the the motivation here. Of like, well, we have to we have to get this election to go back to Trump. There are a lot of reasons I don't give a damn about that. But there is some sort of positive I, outlook on this story that I, I want to point out where. The, I mean, well, okay. First, the problem with this is that the premise isn't being challenged, and this, and that is the premise of statism, and that means that this kind of uh, conflict is inevitable. If you accept the premise that it's okay for the majority to force their will on the minority, and that the outcome of of an election is going to, you know, be that your lives depend upon it. Well, then why wouldn't you fight over the outcome of that election if you could? Right. Uh, there's a greater destabilizing effect of this that I think is really positive for the long term for America, for humanity, where people are realizing that they shouldn't have faith in this system at all. So at least you know we, we that uh, sort of silver lining out of all of this is a general destabilization and loss of faith in the election system. I just I, I you know me I, I'm always hoping that. Uh, America takes it for more of a teachable moment than I mean. I, we look back at all the things that I've covered on America, excuse me, on, on, you know about America uh, learning the lesson from this or that or that piece of the news where I've gone. Well, I just hope America learn, you know, takes this as a teachable moment, and then it happens again. Again, I guess they did, and I guess they weren't listening. 
Uh, we have just a couple more stories, and we'll get back to your comments and, and the good news to wrap up today's show. Uh, ABC, Trump a banned from justice after trying to get case info. Kind of a confusing headline if you're seeing banned from justice. Like you're not allowed to access justice, no Justice Department. The official serving as President Donald Trump's eyes and ears at the Justice Department has been banned from the building after trying to pressure staffers to give up sensitive case information she could relay to the White House. Well, what did you expect? But interesting that it's happening in this lame deck period. The uh, person in question is Heidi Stirrup, an ally of top Trump staff advisor uh, Stephen Miller, was quietly installed at the Justice Department as the White House liaison a few months ago. She was told within the last two weeks to vacate the building after top justice officials learned of her efforts to collect insider information about ongoing cases in the department's work on election fraud. So is this really just about the election? Is this, you know, more confusion, more desperate place from Trump? Is there some other backstory? Could be. Be interesting if it comes out later. That's all we have for critical news stories today. Before we get to the good news for this day in history, let's get comment Jim Freedom back up on here to check in with our audience. Jim, tell me, tell me we have some wisdom from the comments this morning, please. Oh, we got we got some words, I guess. <laughs> uh, Vincent Willis chiming in, looking at the CDC page on tests. It is such a convoluted lie, and no one is spared in their narrative. Everyone is condemned, especially if you are healthy. Interesting. You never know what. Yeah, you never know what to believe on the CDC's page. They'll probably edit it next week and and take some of that down. Uh, I'm, I was looking here. I don't see any more guesses. So I guess, and I have to go back to see who it was exactly. Daniel Irving is our, is our current leader. So you only got a couple minutes left if anybody wants to try and challenge him on the best answer for that. Uh, don't be a status chiming in as always. The mayor will certainly have police and those LA police love to abuse citizens. They would probably do it for free. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why empower sociopaths to do violence without consequence? Why have government police? Same question, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Empty Matter says, L.A. Mayor Logic, defund the police, then have the police protect your home. LOL. Wait, was this was the mayor of of L.A. really getting behind defund the police? I don't believe it. Well, I doubt he was ever getting behind it. He might have mentioned it as a as a you know a pondering. pandering. Yeah, yeah, pandering exactly. Uh, I imagine in L.A. the idea is popular. Right. Don't be a status points out. It's not the governor's home. It was paid for by the taxpayers. So that's uh, that's a point to be made, right? What do you think Call about that? Call it official residence. Right. Is that is that something for all mayors? Do they have the option? Do you know? Do they have the option of living in their own private home or living in a taxpayer-funded home or something? It's definitely not all mayors. you got to think in most small towns it's not an option. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I guess that makes sense. But in all major cities, is that the case? Is in all major cities, is there like a mayor's residence that's paid for by the taxpayers? I never really knew or thought about it, I guess. 
That's a good question. But yeah, I would. I will. I don't know. Uh, Chris Cole's chiming in. Our good buddy. Simple. Dysfunction promotes special interests, control, industry, and profit. That's another way of saying that uh, makes the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, right? I think what we're was Adam going to say next? Is that what we're facing? I, I was wondering if he was pros or if he was just thinking for a good long solid minute. I don't know, you guys. Maybe producers club contest. What was Adam going to say next? <laughs> Go ahead and get your entries in now. Uh, we've so. seen we've definitely seen more provocative uh, of him getting caught mid mid sentence. So. Oh, I wonder sure. what happened. The other contest is: did it? Did his phone die, or did it overheat? Or oh yeah, that is so that, cold yeah, that, right that, now. That's the that's the kicker, though. That's the that's the that's the tiebreaker, right? That's the tiebreaker. Yep, for sure. So, well, I guess I guess that just leaves us to uh, check this out. Go to uh, Adam versus the man dot com. And you can help support this broadcast by going to patreon.com. For $1, you can be an okay patron. I mean, you're just okay. You're like the okayest of okay. You're, you're like, you're okay. But you're not necessarily good, but, I mean, you're okay. And then for $5 a month, you can be a good patron. And we love our good patrons. They're good. You know, I mean, how can how can you not love a good patron? I love a good patron. I know Jim it's loves better a good patron. Better than being okay. I, I know Mercedes loves a good patron. I, I, know, I know Adam loves a good patron. I know all of us at Adam versus the man love a good patron. But you know who we love the most? Our better patrons. The better because patrons. Because they're just better. They're just better. And for $10 a month, you can be a better patron and really help grow this uh, platform. But, Jim, tell them why... Uh, being a better patron is the way to go. Well, because that's going to get you access directly into the Producers Club, which you probably can't see it from there, but I'm getting notifications for on the phone through the stream. And one of those was Adam saying he'll be right back in a minute. He's working on it. So we have communication with Adam, even though he dropped. That's how cool the Producers Club is. And uh, your 10 bucks a month will not only get you access into that, but when you visit the store as a better patron, you're going to get to order anything from our store, and you're going to get uh, 15% off of anything you buy, and it's going to be shipped to you for free, no cost to you. It's not one of those just pay shipping and handlings. You just pay one, you pay something, 15% off, it comes to you, you enjoy it, you love it. Jim, why don't you go ahead and tell them who sponsors this lovely broadcast with our affiliate we have partner. An, we have an awesome affiliate that uh, helps Adam satisfy his uh, nicotine craving through cigars at CigarFederation.com. We go there and use promo ADAM10, all caps, A-D-A-M-1-0, and you can order any of the cigars in there you want and get 10% off of any of the cigars they have wild flavors. Those particular ones that CJ's showing, the JSK Nugs, those are Adam's particular favorite. He likes those because they're infused with CBD, and uh, which you know we all know is good for your general health. Your body and, should have uh, levels of CBD. And if you're watching this show, and if you're watching this show, Jim, and you're thinking to yourself, "Well, there's Adam Kokesh, 
and their statist at them, and you want to hear them talk to other people in a debate format, we have a certain individual, uh, and her name is Mercedes Damertowski, and she is the debate manager for MakeThemDebate.com. Or yes. Adam Kokesh, you can find the profile there. Uh, what do you have to say about Make Them Debate, Mercedes? I'd really like to uh, have some input on some new people to debate. I know we have a couple that we are working on getting up on there. And if you want to see him debate someone who's actually on the list already, go ahead and start social media bugging those people, and we'll see if we can do a pressure campaign to make Adam debate. Thanks, Mercedes. Thank you. And now back to our host with the most, Mr. Adam Kokesh. Hey guys, just to wrap things up with the good news on this day in history, December 7th, it was 25 years ago today, the Galileo spacecraft arrived at Jupiter a little more than six years after it was launched by Space Shuttle Atlantis. The American robotic space probe, which was named after the Italian astronomer Galileo, received gravitational assists from Venus and Earth on its journey to becoming the first spacecraft to orbit Jupiter. More good news on this day. On this day in 1949, raspy-voiced singer-songwriter, composer, and actor Tom Waits, whose distinctive growl was honed while listening to Bob Dylan, Louis Armstrong, and Howlin' Wolf, a style that earned him Grammy Awards and a place in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, was born. On this day in 1972, Apollo 17, the final Apollo moon mission, was launched, and its crew shot the photo known as the Blue Marble. On this day in 1988, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, PLO, leader Yasser Arafat recognized the right of Israel to exist. On this day, oh, I get too much to say about that one. I won't. I won't. On this day in 2004, Afghanistan inaugurated its first popularly elected president, Hamid Karzai. Again, mm, 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 got a lot to say about this. But, hey, let's end on some truly good news. On this day in 1967, Otis Redding went into the studio to record Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, 72 hours before he was to die in a plane crash. Uh, well, it was a song that was the good news. Not the, not the plane. I, I wasn't saying the plane crash was good news. He wrote the song on a houseboat in Sausalito, California, a short time after his appearance at the Monterey Pop Festival. He never saw its release or rise to number one. Otis Redding also wrote Respect, the song most associated with Aretha Franklin, and recorded a famous cover of Try a Little Tenderness. Um, I guess that's it for good news. Other uh, political stuff we won't get into, but yeah. Watching the tide away. Sitting on the I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. I've had nothing to live for, and look like nothing's gonna come my way. So I'm just gonna sit on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time.
And with that, choose happiness. Uh, I'm sorry. Mwah, peace and love you all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. Everything. <laughs>